welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, Kyle Davis in studio. And guess what, everybody? Good times are here again. The Toronto Rock back in the wing column. A 12-9 victory over the Rochester Nighthawks on Saturday night down in beautiful Rochester, New York at the Blue Cross Arena. KD, uh, you know, hey, it's everything's sunshine and lollipops around here again after a win this week. Yeah, once again, this league, uh, you know, can change on a dime and... The vibe around the team is definitely a lot different coming in, you know, this week than opposed to the the Calgary game. But uh, initial thoughts: I thought it was a gritty, really grinded out road win. Uh, both tenders, both tenders played well, stood on their head, made you know made the saves. Low scoring, kind of in division, middle of the season, exactly what you expect, I guess, going on the road uh, to a Rochester team that. Was what five or six losses in a row at the time? Really wanted to you know put it in a performance themselves and uh, a testament to I think a couple guys you know stepped up or you know Dan Craig grinding away uh, mainly the left side there Craig and, and Reed Reinholdt seemed to be getting a little bit of love this uh, this week early for for the performances they did but just timely timely goals timely you know defensive plays timely plays by defensive players rosy it was just uh you know the kind of win i think you you feel good about you really earn that win not that you don't earn you know some of the ones at home but you know i guess the the larger margin wins it just feels like everything's coming so not easy but you know things are just really motoring for you there to really grind one and gut one out on the road i think it feels good and, and the boys would you know feel good about that effort as well yeah something to build off of when uh you know like I think you've got some numbers in front of you with guys and and how they produced and and that kind of thing and um, you know maybe some of them are alarming but then at the same time some of it is really good because you know like you say you got the desired result despite the fact that everybody wasn't maybe uh, cashing in at the same rate that they had been previously but that uh, you know that this is a very a very deep team that uh, has the ability to uh, to kind of go off, but also score timely goals and get them from different spots. Um, one thing that we should obviously touch on here right off the top is the the kind of probably the biggest news before we get back into talking about the Saturday night's game, but the fact that Tom Schreiber is going to be out from six to eight weeks here with a partial tear of his PCL. And the good news is no surgery is going to be required. And, uh, you know, if all things go well, that means that uh, we'll see Schreiber back in the lineup, hopefully end of March, early April. Uh, Kind of derails what was uh, yet another storybook season to some degree, but with the amount of time that he would have kind of on the clock still to come back in the regular season, still some time to do some damage and obviously set up the team for what uh, everybody is hoping will be a long playoff run. Now, Dan Linder has been scratched for the last, uh, what, six games, I guess, here now. Um, What do you think, I guess, the impact of Schreiber being out, Linder in, is going to be on this team here over the next month and a half? It's interesting you you say that, you know, or or pose that question. I was thinking today when I I found out uh, the news regarding Tom. Um, Obviously, initial thoughts, Tom... You want him in the lineup. He's uh, one of the best players up there, if not the best player. He brings so much to the table. His work ethic, his, you know, how he's quickly learned the box game and what he means to this team. You know, he's top five or ten scoring. Uh, it, it hurts to lose a guy like that, but you know, testament to the depth of this team. I think Littner, in Littner, you got a 
a guy who's showing he can play in the league. He's going to be real hungry to get back in there. Um, you never go through a full season without an injury, and this is where your depth kind of kind of steps in. And I think from the coaching staff and, and a lot of the guys that were here last year, obviously different players, but you know Rob Hellier didn't play a game last year. He was hurt. Same thing, kind of a big, you know, one of the big dogs on the right side, and and the the boys found a way. They adjusted. They went nine and nine to the Eastern Finals. You know, this year Robbie Robbie's back. Tom's out. It's I don't see the dynamic though changing that much, other than just the personnel of the injury. And this isn't even for the full season. This is you know six to eight weeks. However, what's that four or five games with the bye week mixed in there? Whatever that turns out to be. But I don't see it. You know changing too much with the offense uh you know it's a team game the team still has to move on and, and get out there and get the job done and i'm sure the guys you know will will pick up their socks a little bit and for tommy and want want to still perform well and uh i don't see things changing though too much other than the fact obviously it's gonna it's gonna suck from a fan's perspective and a team perspective to not have 26 around the squad as much or, or in the lineup but uh one guy goes out it's an opportunity and it's up to Dan now to uh, take that opportunity and kind of roll with it yeah and you also kind of open up the door here for Brett Hickey to slide back into a bigger role in this offense a guy who has had a 50 goal season a 45 goal season and has been off to obviously a bit of a slow start struggled again uh, this past week uh, in terms of his uh, his numbers a little bit, but I guess you know maybe struggles. You maybe use that term a little bit loosely, but you know he did take a few penalties on Saturday night, so this might be his opportunity as well to kind of almost reset his season a little bit and a, a nice opportunity for him here as we approach you know the midway point of things in the seventeen eighteen season. So. I mean, I kind of look at, you know, while we're saying that this is a great opportunity for Dan Lintner to step back into the lineup, I think it's also really a pretty big door swinging open for Brad Hickey at the same time. For sure, and he's going to, you know, get some of the touches and looks that he was more accustomed to in when he would, you know, did score 50 in that one year and, uh, you know, recent years before this so-called three-headed monster came together here and, and even last year to a certain extent. So that should be more, you know, touches five-on-five five, power play, uh, I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know, it's going to be Schreiber out, Littner in, still three three guys on the on the right side. Um, so still going to be, you know, this is a great opportunity for uh, number 11 to, uh, like you said, reset his season. I don't think he's necessarily had, had a bad season. I just think things have been spread out more so on the uh, on the offense this particular year. But uh, you're, you're going to look for him to uh, to step up. He's a leader on this team. He's a veteran on this team and, and kind of carry the mill for some of the offense that will be uh, left off by Tom. And even more so, maybe some other opportunities pop in here for Phil Caputo to maybe kind of push the ball, stay and play a little bit up front here and there. We did uh, see him, I think, either one or two shifts, I think, on – uh, coming out the front door on uh, Saturday night, or at least was up in the offensive zone there when uh, when Schreiber was in and out of the lineup, so to speak, in the in the late going of that game. So, I mean, he's still another guy that you know. And when I did watch him out on offense there on Saturday night, he's out there just banging away, you know, trying to make room for guys, trying to get open, and and his work ethic, and you know, that's another thing in all this that maybe we're just sitting back and assuming that Lintner's just the guy that goes in. Even though Caputo's done really well defensively this year, making that transition from the front to the back door, is this maybe another wrinkle here where maybe it isn't Lindner back in the lineup, maybe it's Caputo up front and another D guy slides in? 
yeah, there's the opportunity for a lot of moving parts, really. You know, you got with Sandy coming back, Belgrave bounced back. Uh, you know, you still got Mag sitting in the in the press box, Slade, a um, bunch of guys that uh, can can slide in and give you useful minutes, and that's uh, a testament, I think, to where this organization and team is at with their depth. And uh, I mean, obviously, every team's going to kind of go through these ups and downs of a season and, and it's how you come out of it and I think this is an, a great opportunity for however you know that plays out and what happens this weekend in Georgia might not necessarily happen for the next game down the road there could be moving parts until this thing gets figured out again or someone get, finds you know a hot stick for a bit and uh, be curious to see how it plays out but uh, looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to seeing you know how this all plays out without Tom here for for a couple weeks I'd like Again, unfortunate injury. Don't wish that on him, but uh, curious to see what happens. All right, so lots more to come here on the podcast today. Uh, we're going to jump right into uh, chatting with Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager. Sorry, general manager Jamie Dowick, uh, just about uh, obviously the Schreiber injury and and how he thinks that's going to impact the team as well. We'll also have Nick Rose here on the podcast chat with him about uh all kinds of stuff just everything that's going on and he also had a big milestone birthday to celebrate uh this past weekend so we'll find out how that all went down and what he got into but uh we'll take a short break here on toronto rock total access and we'll come back with the boss jamie dowick in a moment Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, Kyle Davis with me, of course. And in the studio, we are now joined by the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad. Obviously, uh, some bad news coming down the pipe here in Rockland today and something that, uh, you know, we'll we'll obviously have to see how it affects the fortunes of the team this year. But Tom Schreiber sidelined six to eight weeks with a partial PCL tear. I think everybody saw him go down a couple of times on Saturday night. Um, I guess just kind of your thoughts right away, obviously, on uh, how you think this is going to impact things over the next uh, month and a half or so. Well, I mean, obviously it's, uh, yeah, and we're just kind of, as as we're recording this, still kind of getting information in here and this and that, but it looks like, um, you know, Tommy's going to be out for uh, you know six to eight weeks and um, and it, it's something we're gonna have to deal with so I mean obviously the news could have been a lot worse than, than it was I think um, that timeline you know gives him a chance to get back you know with with a fair bit of season left like a handful of games anyways before hopefully the playoffs and uh, you know so so that that part of its good news um, you know, opportunity for other guys. Um, you know, we we got a guy that's been sitting there. You know, that I got a lot of belief in, and and in Dan Littner, who's who's, you know, been an ultimate team guy, and and had to sit on the sidelines since week two when things started clicking for the team, and and um, you know, like we said when it happened, it was a weird situation, but it wasn't so much about Dan as it was about we wanted to go a different direction, rights and lefts. You know, he's going to get an opportunity, so. You know, we're, we're while we're gonna miss Tom. Obviously, he's one of our best players up there. Um, you know, things will continue to be the same as far as the way we run our offense, and and uh, we believe we're we're a team offense, and 
and um, you know other guys will be relied on to to pick up the pace now did you have a have you had a chance to talk to Tom much at all you know what uh, you know what are his spirits like right now so to speak well I, we've been texting a little bit back and forth haven't spoken to him on the phone yet today um, I know he was he was uh, after the game you know, even though he did come back in and late in the game, I know after the game when the docs and the trainers were looking at him, I know he, you know, he's, he was pretty concerned and worried. Um, you know, obviously the big fear is, is is they do an ACL injury, and, and we've been through plenty of those here uh, in Toronto, and we know the timeline on those. So, uh, you know, thank God it wasn't that for, for first and foremost Tom. But, you know, obviously the Toronto Rock as well and, and, and everyone, you know. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think his spirits are a lot better a few days later, and, and I'm sure he's relieved that, you know, while six, six to eight weeks isn't great, um, you know, it's manageable, and, and he'll have an opportunity. Like I said earlier, he should have an opportunity. To, you know, if it's six weeks, that's five games. You know, he could he could play four or five games at the end of the season still before a potential playoff run. So, um, you know, I I know Tommy being Tommy, he'll work as hard as he can and, and put all the time into rehabbing and doing whatever he needs to do um, to get him back. There's no surgery or anything here. This is this just needs a little bit of time to in, to heal. Um, that's really what it is. So, uh, um, Tommy will be back and and. You know, like I said, guys, guys to step up now, and it'll be a nice boost getting him back later in the season. So, and yeah, like you pointed out, no surgery, which I think is a, a, a very positive thing, I guess, to draw out of a very bad situation here. But have you had a chance, and, and maybe this is something that we should, uh, you know, maybe invite Dave Murray and, and Tyler Quinnell, our trainers, kind of into the mix here, maybe at some point too. But, you know, do you think it's kind of become a little bit of almost an epidemic in a small way in our league in the last four or five years that it seems like almost every team gets dinged with one relatively serious knee injury a year? And I don't seem to remember that, you know, a decade ago. And I don't know if it's the type of player, if it's the way guys are built now or, or what the situation is, but... To me, anyways, I find it very interesting that, you know, it seems like every year now almost every team goes through one guy that uh, that has some kind of serious injury like this. Yeah, I think it's just... Um, or I know we've had a lot of them around here. Yeah, right? I mean, it's and you know what, to be honest with you, over the last couple of years, we've been relatively injury-free. Like last year, we didn't deal with a lot. And, um, you know, so far this year, we've been pretty good. So, and yeah, that was after going through you know probably the worst year ever the year before and um you know you see it happening in football like any of these games like these these high pace high impact games um you know and those are played on turf or grass it's it's just i think it's the shape of the athletes these days and 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 the amount of you know force and pressure these guys put on their body and it just happens. I mean, um, you know, and, and it, it, unfortunately, it's just part of it. Like, um, you know, and, and it's one of the parts about playing. It's just like playing football, you know, and, and then the guys know it. And, and, you know, fortunately for Tommy, this injury is, you know, six to eight 
weak injury like uh and hopefully when he you know when he comes back he'll be he'll be good to go and and so yeah he's missing a portion of our season here in the middle but you know he's been been a huge part and a, and a big reason why we are where we are and we'll we'll hold the fort down while he's gone and it'll be a great boost at the end so it's not the end of the world i mean yeah we'd rather have him out there obviously that that goes without saying but um we'll deal with it it's uh you know i so i i don't know i i just think these you know and i don't want to say all contact sports or whatever because you don't see it in hockey and you know i mean obviously the the grass the turf you know planting putting all that pressure on your knees and and the games are just faster, bigger, stronger, more more stress, and, and, and that's why, unfortunately, it happens. Sticking with the Tom thing here, uh, to me, what it looked like, you know, he went down twice, I think, throughout the game, but it looked like just a testament to his character, his work ethic that you see here, you know, around the team, that he is uh, arguably the best player on the team and whatnot, but it looked like he didn't want to take no for for an answer i'm not sure what happened behind the scenes but it was a tight game it was a, you know a grind of a game against uh, a division opponent and he seemed to come back and uh, just a touch on you know the character and the kind of guy he is off the floor work ethic because that spoke a lot to me obviously yeah, he could have well, listen if you got a team full of tom schreibers you're doing well as far as like, you know he he's he's as classy and as good as a guy off the floor as, as what you see on the floor or on the field and and you know from hey so i'm watching the game i think it's early in the fourth quarter seems to kind of get looks like he gets his you know and and turf in rochester isn't the greatest he seems to get his ankle rolled up there and and he kind of go he goes off and i'm thinking "Uh oh this isn't good like you know he's gonna be gone for a while and and I see him go off the floor, and he gets, like, second in line on the bench. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Like, like, you know, so then he goes back out there again. And then, you know, not much later there, he seemed to get rolled up by a couple guys, kind of slipped on the turf and, and got, got tied up and rolled up by a couple guys. And so, you know, he, he you know, almost crawled to the bench there. Um, you know, obviously my stomach drops. And, and when he goes off, he, you know, slams the glass beside He was – clearly frustrated so you know and I'm not getting any information from where I am I'm not I'm not on the bench there so um you know we realize he's not coming back and you know all of a sudden with about four minutes to go I I see him on the floor and I'm like what is going on here so you know I decided to go downstairs to see if I could find out what's going on and you know luckily we held on for the game and you know, in finding out afterwards, you know, Davey was was looking at him and testing him, and he wasn't in a lot of pain, um, you know, and he, and he seemed to be able to, you know, working out underneath, be able to cut and this and that. And, you know, Tom being the guy he wanted, like Davey said to me after, he's like, what am I supposed to do? He, Like, he's cutting, he says he's not in pain. There's four minutes to go. We're up a goal. He's begging me to go back in. Like, you know, and Davey wouldn't put him in if, if he thought, no, like, so he's like, I let him go, like, and and uh, but yeah, he's he's a warrior, and that's why, you know, that's the toughest part for him. I know he hasn't really had to ever really deal with any anything major injury wise, and and uh, you know, so he's used to being out there and and helping his team, and that that's going to be the toughest thing for him. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a warrior, and that that's why I know he'll put whatever work he he needs to do to try and get this. Uh, 
you know, get him back as quick as possible. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And now uh, moving to the the game on the floor, actually, there from again from from my perspective, it, it looked and appeared, you know, like it was a, a gritty grind of a kind of road game, opposed to you know the high scoring, some of those high scoring ones we've seen in Toronto. Uh, going down the the, the goal, game sheet, sorry, you know, everyone kind of chipped in a little bit here, a goal here, a goal there, a couple from the the back end there. Uh, just touch on kind of the depth that is going to be required now, losing a guy like Tom, and you know just. The feeling I get knowing your team can go grind out a big road win like that. Yeah, I mean that that was a tough game, um, tough sledding. You know, I thought uh, I thought Vino was really good, and I thought they played a good game. So, um, you know, that's really the first game we've been involved in like that this year. You know, up a goal, then pulling their goalie at the end of the game, and you know, pretty low scoring game. Both goalies putting a clinic on out there, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, and that was one of those games like. You know, I felt like Reader and Craig, you know, two of the guys that probably get talked about a little less, um, you know, got us going there for sure early and, and often, and they were real good. And, you know, but it's everyone chipping in. I mean, Jonesy scoring that huge goal on the power play. Kieran's goal was huge. You know, Robbie put that in. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to need, you know, Hickey's going to, you know, Hickey's going to get a lot more opportunity, you know, now with with Tommy O to be more involved there, which which I'm sure he'd welcome, um, you know, and, and I, I, like I've said a hundred times, I got to believe in dance. So it, it'll be, it's a team thing. And, and, you know, it's funny, we've lost guys over the years and, and uh, you know, I think we've proven that if you stay within the system and play as a team, Everything will be okay. And, uh, yeah, you want your best players out there. But uh, we're a team. And, and uh, you know, I just watched a team win the Super Bowl with five all-pros and their starting quarterback on the sideline out for the the year. So, um, you know, we'll miss them. We'll, we'll be ready to go here. Now, a couple other guys I want to touch on, too, Brock Sorensen and Billy Hostrauser. And just their contributions to the win on Saturday night, uh, they both got empty net goals. They were both actually really nice empty net goals. Billy Hostrauser, I think, you know, just kind of picked a spot shot, like almost as if there was a goalie in there. The way he wound up, it was kind of uh, funny to see. But Brock Sorensen, I thought, was just uh, much more involved in this game than um, maybe I've seen him, you know, this season. But maybe just talk about some of these D guys and what they're contributing right now and uh, just how much that, you know, they're, uh, they're making an impact there. You know, Sheldon Burns again, like all these guys are, are, are chipping in like we're saying here. Yeah. That's a good, a real, a real strong defensive performance there. And, um, you know, say what you want about Rochester. I think the week before they scored 14 or 15 goals against Buffalo the next day against Georgia they scored 17 um you know our defense I think since since the first game or two of the year our defense has been pretty solid here um albeit for a bit of a collapse in in the Calgary game there but um you know the unit the unit as a whole has been playing well um some continuity with the guys back there for the most part uh Rosie's been a wall um that's what wins championships as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, start, it starts starts with your goalie and your back end, and, then, and that's where it goes. So, uh, you know, 
I'm sure those guys will, you know, with Tommy out, they'll 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 try and ramp their stuff up a little bit too, and uh, you know, but all the defensive guys. I mean, the the Brock goal in the game on the weekend was huge, you know, and yeah, what a nice. Uh, Nice empty net goal there, top corner, good shot, but it, but but that also kind of iced the game for me. Um, so that that that's why that was so big. Um, you know, Billy Billy Host has been a beast for us. Always is, always will be. Um, very underrated, very underrated player. I think a lot of people think of him, you know, because they see him in the occasional fight or this and that and their penalties. Uh, you know, Billy Hostroser is a good defender and, and a tough player to play against. And I know, you know, I know players over the years. I always think of Garrett. Always go back to Billy, Billy, Billy. Um, he, he he's tough, man. He's he's good. He's he's been a, he's been a warrior for us here. Now looking into this weekend, uh, just to wrap things up here. You know, this Georgia team. Defending champs, you're going to see them uh, in each of the next two games for the Rock here with the bye week sandwiched in between there. But um, what do you make of this Georgia team? I mean, uh, I think probably a little bit of a surprising result on Sunday, but uh, in their loss to Rochester, rather one-sided loss. But uh, what do you make of this team going in? And, again, it's kind of like, you know, another week here where you're going in facing a fairly desperate team, I think, where they don't want to drop to 3-6 and six here. Yeah, desperate team. Um, you know, more than Georgia, I haven't really seen just the way the schedule's gone this year and the way when we've been playing and this and that. They're probably the team that I've actually, and, you know, because we haven't seen them yet. Um, they're the team I've seen them the least. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, obviously the ball's not falling for them as much offensively. Um you know, and speaking to a few people, I hear some games, you know, they're generating all the same amount of chances. It's, it's just not falling for them. Um, you know, the further that goes on, you, you got to wonder, you know, because you have a few games, you go, okay, it's going to change. But, you know, we are eight, nine games in here. Um, I don't think they're getting the, you know, uh, and this isn't to take a shot at Mike Pullen or anything, but I just don't think they're getting – you know the the goaltending that they were getting last year and and that might be uh a reflection of their defense because you know we all know that lacrosse goaltending isn't just um you know on one guy on one guy but but so defensively as a whole you know they got they were they were pretty tough last year and they seemed to you know some games be giving up a lot of goals so um you know we don't work uh, yeah you, you you know they are the defending champs we know what they did last year we know what they're capable of they pretty well have the same team so on any given night you know that they can uh, you know put a put a licking on you that they, they got to be desperate and and that that's worrisome but you know we 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 felt like last year we matched up pretty well with them um, we feel like we're playing pretty well right now, and, and this is a big game for us. Um, you know, Buffalo and Rochester have both picked up division wins over Georgia the last two weeks. It's our turn now, um, and we won't take them lightly. I, you know, we know we know what they are, but we need to we need to uh, you know go down there all business and 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 do what we're doing and and worry about us. And if we, you know, I, I really believe if we. You know, play the way we were capable of. That uh, you know, the results will take care of themselves. Okay, Jamie, sounds good. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, 
we're starting a new streak here. Hopefully we're starting a new winning streak here. So good luck uh, Saturday night in Georgia, and we'll do this again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That was Jamie Dowick, the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break and be back with number 66, Nick Rose. Stay with us. Come on, girls. Let's rock that. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. We are now joined by Toronto Rock goaltender Nick Rose in studio. Rosie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. Now, Saturday night, I, I thought at times, and actually we're just talking to uh, some folks in here, Garrett Chisholm, who puts together our uh, online video content. We were talking about the save of the week, and we were kind of like, you know, talking like, oh, maybe like it's tough to pick out a save of the week last week because in my mind, I think, you know, you were in one of those, uh, you had one of those games where you're kind of dialed in where it's kind of almost like you make everything look easy. You don't, you don't have to, you know, and the defense played well in front of you. So you don't get those, you know, 10 bell saves that should be, you know, highlight of the night stuff where you're, you know, throwing up everything to stop Sean Evans like you were a couple weeks ago or coming across. But a lot of very uh, workmanlike saves, I guess you could say. Um, is that something that you were feeling on Saturday night as well, that, you know, with the way the defense was playing and that, you know, I guess positionally for yourself that you were seeing the ball well in that, that it was one of those nights where you, you almost could make things look easy because you were kind of uh, <coughs> as dialed in as you were? Yeah, I mean, obviously our defense played incredible on Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think when you kind of see those big uh, big saves, throwing the stick up or whatever, uh, that usually means goalies out of position a little bit and uh, – Anytime I don't have to make a save like that, I think it's a, probably a good sign. And yeah, I was definitely seeing the ball good Saturday and thought it was in good position. And uh, I think that's kind of what led to uh, some boring saves, I guess. <laughs> well, I think at the end of the day, when you only let in, you know, nine goals and, and get the win, uh, I think everybody will take those. But uh, overall, Saturday night, just defensively in front of you, uh, this group, I guess, has kind of settled in now, you would say, and found their groove. I mean, Phil Caputo made the uh, transition from being a forward into a defender. Um, and then you've just got some more young guys. Latrell Harris has been putting the ball in the net the last couple of games, the addition of Sheldon Burns. Maybe just talk about the defense as a group and kind of how you've seen things evolve from game one to where we are now here today. Yeah, I mean, no doubt that uh, I guess over the last – five or six games I mean we've had a pretty good stretch here besides the Calgary game but um, everybody seems to be getting better each week and uh, that's a great sign um, I, do, I do think uh, Saturday night I definitely kind of noticed our tenacity in our own end after loose balls and kind of all over their offensive guys in the corners and that kind of stuff and that those kind of plays add up uh, when, when you look back on a game and um, yeah, I do think we're getting better as a group and everybody's getting better individually and that's a great sign. And just a side note, maybe more away from Saturday night's game, but something that, again, seems to be, uh, you know, I know we've talked about the dunk goals in the past and, and just their, I guess, place in the game maybe, but now are you also starting to see the teams are just seemingly having a guy behind their net running a lot of their offense through guys behind the net? I noticed, you know, Dawson was kind of set up back there again and and just other teams, it seems like Mitch Jones is back there almost, you know, 50% of the time when he's on offense, it almost seems like now. Are you noticing more teams are starting to kind of set up shop behind their net uh, this season? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I, I guess early in the season, a lot of goalies or defenses were getting stung with those dunks, us, us included. And um, it's just kind of one of those plays where if a guy is behind the net, it's just like there's not too many other sports where sorry, a, a certain position's at such a disadvantage, like where we are on defense and in, in the net, um, where like we we can't really look directly look back at the player like I can't turn around and look at him and and effectively <laughs> try and guard the goal so um I I do think uh, offenses have used that to their uh, advantage and it's smart on uh the coaching coaching staffs around the league because uh it is just one of those situations where uh defenses are at a disadvantage so uh why not take take a full advantage of that and before I let KD jump in here, just one last quick thought on that. Do you ever, as a goaltender, you know, for your own personal safety, obviously you're not as well padded on the back as you are on the front. Um, is that something that you ever start to think about? You know, is there a time when maybe initiating those shots or being able to score essentially from behind the goal line, does that ever start to become like, you know, maybe you might have to start to curb this a little bit, you know, for any player safety issues, or is that something that's not really come up yet? Well, I, I haven't really thought about the safety aspect of it. I mean, yeah, we're less padded back there. I I do think the league uh, might have to take a look at it sooner, sooner than later about what we're allowing as goals because mo- most of the time, uh, like I, I don't mind where a guy has a clear net and he kind of puts it in, his stick wraps around the post, but when once we start getting into – if a goalie's there and then the the stick is hitting the goalie's upper body and then making the ball pop out into the net, right. I think I think that's something we definitely look need to look at and kind of clean up a little bit. But it, it's going to be a part of the game going forward. I mean, I know the fans love it and obviously the league love, loves it too. But I do think we kind of need to clarify uh, clarify those goals a little bit. Rosie, picked up on a, you know, just looking at a couple things after the game here, wanted to get your opinion on them. Uh, just was going through, and I found it interesting, you know, Jones, one goal on 11 shots, Schreiber, zero on eight, Dan Craig, two on eight, Hickey, one on eight. Uh, obviously, the way the game was going, you know, Vino was dialed in. Um, I don't want to say the offense was, was struggling by any means because that was just a grind of a game. But as a goalie from the other end watching this, when you see maybe you know some numbers like that, do you ever go up to the offense in the middle of the game or at a stoppage of play and kind of say, "Hey, I'm seeing this from Vino tonight," or "I'm seeing your shot kind of here," you know, or do you just uh, you know kind of stay away, do your thing? They're shooters, you're a goalie, and they don't really cross past during the game. No, I I think uh, sometimes at halftime we all kind of talk about what a goalie's doing or whatever, and if I kind of see something, all that's kind of the time to give them some input, but. Um, no, I, I think our offense uh, might have spoiled us for <laughs> for four games in a row there, where that that's just uh, not sustainable. Trying to score twenty goals each week, and sometimes you got to win a little uglier. And that, I thought we played a good road game all over, or uh, on both ends of the floor. I, I didn't think our offense uh, struggled that much. We outshot them. Vino definitely had a, had himself a game, but. Um, the the time of uh, time of some of the goals and were were massive. Kieran's goal uh, kind of falling over then the third I believe that was a huge goal and then I I did cross pass with Jonesy uh, at the third uh, intermission or, or th- at, at the end of the third quarter and I just kind of said go go.
go break this game open and he was able to bury one in the fourth early too and uh yeah i think if we can keep getting timely goals up there uh it's a good recipe for success but uh yeah we're not gonna win 20 to 10 every every week so we need to find ways to win other games and we did so it was good and looking ahead to this weekend i mean i don't know about yourself but i know me and, and hammer personally we can't seem to get a pulse on this league and you got a georgia team coming in after you know a disappointing week, disappointing weekend to say the least from their perspective. But uh, from from your your perspective in the Rock, they still the defending champs. You know they knocked you out last year in the Eastern Final. What are you expecting from them Saturday coming in? Probably very desperate and and basically a must win for them after what happened this past weekend. Yeah, that's a key is a desperation factor. Um, I think that might have been what cost us against Calgary. I know that uh, they had been struggling a little bit and we. Not that we took them lightly by any means, because you can't do that against any team, but uh, I do think that they played much more desperate than us when the game was on the line, and and we're going to face another team like that in Georgia this weekend, and a team with, uh, I guess, championship pedigree. So we expect the best game of the year, and uh, we know it's going to be a tough one down in Georgia, but just one of those ones we're going to try and grind out again. Yeah, now actually you talk about that uh, desperation factor, and I know that was something Tom Schreiber seemed to talk about quite a bit in his post-game comments after uh, the first couple of wins of the season was that it just seemed like the guys started to play a little bit more and, and not in a true fashion that the team's backs were against the wall, but did kind of start to play that way and kind of carried themselves in that manner. And, and now, you know, kind of with the news uh, obviously breaking that uh, – Tom Schreiber is going to be out for a little while here. Um, you know, what's that going to be like with not having him in the lineup here and a, and a leader um, in what he's emerged really into a fairly big leadership role, despite the fact he doesn't have a letter on his jersey. Definitely a big leadership role on the floor in terms of what he brings to the game. But uh, just maybe just touch a little bit on uh, what it's going to be like here without uh, Tom in the lineup for the next little bit. Yeah, and I mean, uh, no doubt Tommy's become a leader on the floor. and. In the dressing room as well, guys kind of look to him like he uh, he knows what he's talking about. He's a great field across player. He knows he's starting to le- learn the box game as good as maybe anybody in the league. Um, and uh, he'll be missed out there. There's no question. If uh, if you lose a player like that for a little while, it's uh, never easy. But I do think that we're uh, we're built with depth up front, and I'm assuming Danny Lindner will get back in there. I know he's been kind of waiting in the wings and. He's been a great teammate and deserves a shot to get back in there and have an impact, and uh, we know he's going to bring some energy. So, um, Well, it's definitely tough to have have Schreiber, one of the best players in the world, uh, out for a bit. Uh, it's It doesn't really change our uh, outlook on going into each game because uh, we, we do feel like we got a lot of depth all over the floor, and, uh, and uh, we, we still think we're going to have a chance to win every night. Uh, without tribes but definitely when he's in there he does give us that that boost as well so now just to wrap things up here on the lighter <coughs> note of things uh celebrated the big 3-0 here how did that feel um it felt pretty good because we were on the bus back from rochester when uh, midnight hit so <laughs> uh ended up winning a card game when we uh pulled into the track <laughs> so that that was nice as well so uh Took it easy Sunday, just kind of relaxed. Ended up watching that Georgia-Rochester game. And, yeah, business as usual. Nothing really changed uh, turning 30, so. 
All did good. the did the roomies did they bake you a cake get you a bucket of chicken like something anything did they do um, anything for you yeah actually uh belgrave and magnuson uh we went out for lunch they picked up the bill which was Ooh. nice yeah <laughs> yeah that, that was a nice treat nice. and then uh came home uh, after watching the rochester game and uh adam J had a nice little little uh chocolate peanut butter treat for uh for everybody <laughs> so that was good too but uh yeah, it was pretty low key, and uh, it just was what it was. That's good. Challen and Creed just. Well, actually, Challen was here coaching all day oh, at the okay. track uh, with Colin Doyle and our programs here, and then uh, Brad Creed was at work as well. So, um, yeah, so they were uh, kind of off the grid. Most so there'll of the be some time maybe for them to make up for the yeah we, festivities they missed. We're we're around each other all yeah. <laughs> all all day every day basically. So it it was okay kind of being away from them a little bit, but. Uh, you can yeah. celebrate your birthday all week now. Yeah, yeah why yeah. not? We've been uh, big in, or we've been watching Big Brother a lot, uh, all all as a group. So that's kind of our our thing what now. Is, what is your, okay? So quickly, then <coughs> we can talk this real quick. Yeah. What what's your take on Big Brother Celebrity? I've been watching it intently. <coughs> You've been watching it all, KD? Uh, not yet. No, I got you know some people in my circle that are keeping me yeah. updated here. <laughs> I haven't laid eyes on it yet, but. Your thoughts? Who do you who do you think's got the inside track we're, to win this? We're loving it. It's a very it. shortened game, but yeah, so far it's been the most maybe electric season ever. Like uh, in really, the like just well, with I don't know about that. I gotta well, maybe not ever, but <laughs> maybe just because it's fresh in our mind. But yeah. a, lot, a lot of backstabbing and that kind of stuff through only four episodes or whatever, and uh, we're we're all loving it. But uh, we're we haven't really made our picks yet. Who's going to win it all? Just because. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen yet, but um, we we are laughing about uh, Meta World Peace and <laughs> not having a clue what's going on. I, I don't even know if he knows he's on the show. Just wandered into the house and he's there. Well, when he threw the vote in, he uh, thought he was classic. trying to save Chuck Liddell, but he actually voted to a victim. Not that it impacted the no, result, but fine. it was just hilarious. But um, I I think James. I think it is. Yeah. I think I think he's got a real shot to win. I don't think Shannon Elizabeth's going to win because. She's too Huge good. target, but yeah, I, I, we're, we're pulling for her, but it, I don't think uh, she can keep yeah. it up. I think James, or I, I think Mark might float to the end. He's kind of yeah. gone with that strategy, almost saying that he's going to kind of be under the radar. He really has kind of stand in the middle a little bit. And if if really. you ask uh, Brad Cree, his guy's Ross. Uh, yeah, he, I would love to I, see him I win. I think he's got Ross yeah. dialed in. We, we've actually started calling Brad Ross, so <laughs> new, new nickname for Creasy. <laughs> He's been pretty good, but I feel like Ross is starting to – he's getting into everybody's kitchen. He's t- starting to tell maybe too many people what to do. That was my impression was that I think he might be overplaying a bit. Anyways, all right, we'll wrap this up, Rosie. <laughs> we'll have BB Celebrity Update with uh, some of the other housemates here maybe in the coming weeks. But uh, good luck on Saturday, and we'll chat again soon. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, that was Toronto Rock goaltender Nick Rose. We'll take a short break, and we'll wrap up Toronto Rock Total Access after this. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to wrap things up for you and uh, get things teed up for this weekend. The Toronto Rock in Georgia taking on the Georgia Swarm, a 7.05 start time live on NLLTV.com. Make sure you've got your subscription or you can jump on, of course, and always buy a uh, single game pass or however you want to get in there. But uh, Saturday night, live globally on NLLTV.com. All right, Katie, so... 
you know, like you mentioned when you were when we were chatting with Rosie there about trying to get a pulse on the league and how it seems to be very difficult from week to week because, you know, and we I guess pose this to Jamie too is the getting a read on this Georgia Swarm team I guess has kind of become maybe the toughest thing about this NLL season. Everybody else, you're kind of starting to figure get figure things out. There's going to be a roller coaster ride here and there for each team, but you look at Georgia. They just haven't exactly got the motor started here. They kind of thought they were starting to, you know, get back uh, into things, getting back to 500, and then, you know, they drop a couple on the weekend here, and that Sunday result is, I think, anyways, borderline perplexing here in the fact that both teams were coming off, you know, a situation where they've got to travel into the game because uh, Georgia played on the on the road on the night before, and Rochester obviously was coming off. Uh, their home loss against the Toronto Rock, but just for Georgia to kind of not do very well in either game this weekend, we'll say politely, just confusing. And is this a championship hangover, which I don't always buy, um, or is this something else with this Georgia Swarm team? Yeah, that weekend had a bit of an odor to it from a <laughs> from a Georgia perspective. Uh, I. I think right now it it has to be something else. I don't a championship hangover. I mean, unless those guys literally just shut the mill on everything they do in the yeah. in the off season, <laughs> didn't pick a stick up once, didn't go to the gym, which I don't see the case. But uh, things just don't seem to be working the way they did. But you look at you know a couple things sticking out right away. Lyle Thompson seemed to be in beast mode from from. The first uh, first game last year, his name was right at the top of the score sheet, uh, top of the leaderboard. You don't see him there this year. I mean, one guy I think that kind of got not talked about as much or maybe how important he was or what he meant to that team is not playing is uh, Adam Hall's not there. They slid in, is he? He's Jordan Hall. Jordan no. Hall, sorry. sorry. Jordan Hall, sorry. And, uh, you know, they slid in Jesse King, great player, of course. But what that dynamic does to it um, – Chad Tutton, Chad Tutton's not back yet. Ethan O'Connor missed some time. You know, Mike Poulin is a year older. And uh, didn't Joel White miss a little bit of time yes. at the start? Yep. So, you know, some moving parts with their uh, with their roster as well this year. Um, Mike Poulin, you mentioned a little bit older, doesn't seem to be, you know, as good as he was last year. I, I'm sure it's not a slack or a slight on him as a goaltender. I'm sure he'd be the first to admit he's just – you know, in lacrosse, some seasons you're you're on, some seasons you're not. You have good games, you have good, bad games. But uh, still a team that I think can, you know, I'm not going to write them completely off here. They still are the defending champions. They still have some great firepower up front. Uh, but it's been it's been interesting and be curious to see, you know, how this shakes out. It's a big, really, because they lose on this past weekend to Rochester, to Buffalo. Now they got two more coming up with their next two versus Toronto here. Uh, from our standpoint, on the in Georgia this week, back in Toronto on March third, so they could be in trouble within the division here pretty quick if they don't start stringing a couple. And you know, for the Toronto Rock's sake, hopefully they uh, they are in trouble pretty quick here. Yeah, I mean, like you say, the you know the guys not in the lineup uh, so far this year. You know, with not having Joel White or Jordan Hall. Um, <coughs> pardon me. The, those are big. Big holes to fill, and, you know, they've maybe had a couple of guys, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily playing in position, so to speak, that have been on their back end. And uh, I, 
I, like I don't buy a championship hangover. Not two minutes. Not two months into a into a season. I I don't think that's it. Um, I just think there. You know, there is a lot of parity in this league, but. You know, it's a long road to win the championship in this league. And even though the total number of games is less than what these guys would probably experience in a summer season where they're going through a regular season plus a long-ish playoff run, you know, up to, I guess, what, 21 games if you're going to win a Man Cup and go the distance in every series, you know, on top of a 16-18, depending on what season it is. Uh, regular season so a little you know more games played in the summer and over a shorter amount of time but you know this is a grind where you know we're starting training camps here in November then you're into a season starting in December and then you're all the way through to the end of April and then last year in the middle of June before you were uh, before you were done with things so it is a very very long grind but I just don't know what it is about the Georgia Swarm and and why they haven't exactly clicked yet. And that's one thing that you kind of do start to worry about. Like Jamie kind of mentioned when we were chatting with him was that at some point the balls will start falling and you hope it's not when you're playing in their building, of course. So this will be a really interesting one on Saturday night, I think. I think one that everybody needs to tune into for sure because – not only is it a rematch of the Eastern Division Final, so a little bit of payback on the minds of the Toronto Rock, but uh, also we're going to have a bye week here after this. So it's going to be our only Toronto Rock lacrosse um, this weekend until the Rock are back at home on March 3rd for the return date with the Georgia Swarm. So um, lots of reasons to tune into this one, but we got to keep rolling. we got a new segment we're going to debut after some thorough research and preparation by Kyle Davis. He's come up with a new segment, Winners and Losers of the Weekend, and uh, we're going to chat about these things, uh, rifle through them pretty quickly, but uh, you're winners, KD. Yeah, we'll start with uh, the winners from the weekend, just a couple a couple things to take note of here. I got the Buffalo Bandits going 2-0 and on the back-to-back, both uh, you know in-division games in the Eastern Conference, so uh, Buffalo Bandits winners. I got the Calgary Roughnecks as winners as well. Their season couldn't have started any worse, and you know a lot of people were writing them off. They've strung two together now, and all of a sudden, have with the win on the weekend, have pulled themselves right back in there with Colorado to be in the mix in the West. And winners as well, sticking kind of with the Calgary theme there, and, and some goalies. I got Christian Del Bianco, Nick Rose, and Vino for the weekends they put forth. Obviously, Vino, you know, loses the game Saturday, but plays well. Plays well in that loss. I thought him and Rosie went back and forth. It was a great goaltending game. Del Bianco, you know, did what he did. And then Vino to rebound on the back-to-back Sunday with a big win as well. So those are my winners. Uh, quickly going through the losers here. The Georgia Swarm, who we talked about, dropping two games in the fashion that they did, uh, not even being close. The Vancouver Stealth continue to, uh, you know, pile on the L's, uh, unfortunately for them. And, can't seem to get things going with one win over there and the tr- the fans of the Toronto Rock lacrosse uh, lacrosse team here losing Tom Schreiber obviously a, a huge loss and just not getting the opportunity to get to watch you know Captain America arguably the best player in the world right now for the next six to eight weeks or whatever that looks like so uh yeah went through those quick I don't know thoughts any well comments? the Buffalo Bandits I mean this team clearly is on quite a roll right now um, I think, you know, over the long haul, we're going to see if they are actually this good or if uh, they're going to kind of correct, as everybody likes to say. But I'm kind of upset there that, we're, that we, the Toronto Rock, aren't getting the Buffalo Bandits until 
you know, the second last game of the season again because, you know, on one hand, it is good that we're not playing them maybe in the next few weeks because Schreiber will not be in the lineup for the Rock, but um, that's one game already. Like, I think it's already kind of circled maybe once or twice on the calendar when you get to that point that you're already like, I'm really looking forward to that game, but now I feel like even more so. Like, I can't – that's one game right now I can't wait for. It's going to be on the road, but – you know, April 21st in Buffalo towards the end of the season, likely going to have some kind of major playoff implication the way things are trending right now. So I can't wait for that game. So um, one other thing we talked about was that the Bandits could be 7-2 and two right now had they not tripped up against Vancouver, you know. And then on the flip side of that, when you're talking about the losers, Vancouver is, you know, dangerously close to being over here this season. And, you know, um, I don't know. Again, it's the parody. It's the roller coaster. It's everything that you love about the NLL. The goaltenders, like you mentioned, uh, Vino, Rosie, Del Bianco, those guys almost seem to be, you know, maybe the top three goalies right now in the league. But then again, to switch gears, and I don't think these guys were on your list, but, you know, after Saskatchewan kind of stumbled themselves and lost to Buffalo. I mean, they've gotten their act together and really only have one loss, although, you know, some of their results have been a little bit closer, but this weekend just kind of went to work, got the win over Vancouver by, uh, you know, I think seven or eight goals there on Saturday night. So everything seems to be kind of sorting them, sorting itself out, but obviously still some question marks here. And the one thing you can always count on is that every single weekend in the NLL, you can – wake up on Monday morning and it seems like you've got a completely different take on the league than when you maybe left the office on Friday at five o'clock. Yeah. Even when, <laughs> you know, we, like you say, we leave here, we think we have the slightest clue what's going on or what's going to transpire. <laughs> we, we don't, uh, that's not the case. So we'll come in and, you know, I don't doubt next week, my losers will be the Buffalo Bandits, the Calgary <laughs> Roughneck and, you know, a yeah. couple goalies that were, were winners this past weekend. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be another interesting week, you know, fired up here. I think uh, from a Toronto standpoint, you want to go in and and get this one on the road. You know, this is where you're, if I'm not mistaken, this is where the season ended last year in Georgia, right, and the, the game yep. two. So this is where, not, not that you have some demons by any means, but uh, the last time you were here, there was a bad taste in your mouth, and you want to go in and, you know, rewrite that. And you know what position Georgia's in, I think you can really put them in a – in a pinch with a with a good effort here and uh looking forward to to tracking it and seeing you know what lineup changes do transpire so it's a never a dull moment in this league and especially in the you know toronto rockland so we'll be curious to uh to tune in here and it is one of those measuring stick type games regardless of what george's record is right now and like when you say about uh you know, exercising the demons a little bit you know going into georgia and being able to get a win uh you know those two games last year there wasn't really wasn't a ton to choose between those two teams in the playoffs. Uh, I think everybody kind of thought the Rock could have gotten game one uh, here in Toronto, just maybe a couple of bounces that didn't go their way. And then you had, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was last year. Sometimes these seasons start to all run together for me. But, you know, overtime games in both teams, Barnes, I think with the other teams winning, right, last yeah, year. Was, so uh, Johnny Paulus in Toronto, one kind of trickled over Rose's shoulder, Reed Reinhold in Georgia with a right. big finish to the game. Uh, yeah, both teams picked up big wins in, in the other building. So maybe uh, Mr. Clutch, Reed Reinhold, no better time than now with Tom Schreiber to the lineup. Maybe he 
brings back some of those uh, positive vibes from last season. And that was almost kind of when you think about what he started to do, I think, in that middle part, like middle-ish part of the season last year when he kind of got the reputation of scoring big goals and late when they had the rally in, in New England that just fell short as well last year. Um, you know, maybe this is, again, it's almost feels like it's about that time of year again where Reed really kind of got, got rolling, and I think maybe we saw a little bit of that even on Saturday night that maybe this is, maybe we're kind of missing the real headline that maybe ends up developing here and the fact that maybe it's Reed Reinhold is the guy that steps up and kind of becomes the uh, the filler in here. Yeah, there was a portion last year he was just clutched down the stretch in, in terms of respective games at, at the time and timely goals, big goals, OT winners as we're talking about and he seemed to kind of be involved in a big way this past weekend and maybe this is the time he is getting his feet wet you know some people for whatever reason it is have hot starts or or cool starts and they don't know why or you know and they just are streaky players and not that he hasn't been chipping in in his own way but this could uh could be a potentially a good opportunity for him to get on a bit of roll here as well and uh you know he's familiar with the building he apparently likes the building from last year got some good memories going back there i'm sure so it'll be uh good to watch 97 do his uh, his craft this weekend maybe he had a little championship hangover of his own from the cuffla from his, <laughs> from his championship in the fall there maybe you never know yeah it was a big win for him i'm sure he's happy and i'm sure he's you know let latrell know about that one <laughs> a couple times how he buried them but uh and slades slades as well yep yep, yep. No, yep. my Brock boys there, so they'll be back. Yep. <laughs> As you throw that in there at the end. All right, so that brings us to prediction time. Uh, I think what I had seventeen nine last week. Uh, my go-to score, so I had half of it right. Uh, what did you have last week? Sixteen eleven. Was that last week? I had fifteen ten last 15, week. Fifteen ten was mine, and so you're kind of closer. Yeah. In the ballpark, but uh, this week, looking ahead, though, I'm gonna. I'm going to go 6 uh, 15. I'm going to stick with that, I think, actually. <laughs> yeah. 15 11. Another, uh, another going to be you know, a tight battle. I could see an empty netter you know, being in the mix at some point. Uh, but 15 11, you know, I think collectively the offense is going to pick up some slack here with Tommy gone. And uh, I, still, I still think Georgia's offense is, you know, at least name wise and on paper, you know, got some good. Good quality skill there, and uh, it'll be tough to stop. But I think, you know, we've talked about it a, t- a bunch of times. If you give up anywhere between 9 and 11 goals in this league, you're giving yourself a good chance to, to pick up a W on that night. Uh, I think I'm going to throw two predictions this week, actually, in terms of the score. One of my predictions is going to be the crazy, no way it can happen, but this is going to rattle a whole bunch of people prediction, and that is going to be 28-6 to 6, Toronto. And my other pick is going to be, my real pick is going to be 14-9. to 9. That's my real pick. I've been sticking with the nine goals against. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if Toronto can continue to, you know, or I guess maybe not continue to, but establish kind of a, an output in that 14, 15, 16 goal range, I think most nights something that I think this team is very capable of. Um, you know, I think that's where you're going to find success. And 12 goals, hey, you got the win. But I feel like that you start to get in a little bit of danger territory, right, in terms of, you know, you're you're allowing a team to perhaps hang around a little bit more than you need to, and you know, it was 12 with two empty netters. So, 
I think this is a week the offense gets going a little bit more. And like you say, maybe there is an empty netter in there, but I think 14-9 is the real score. But uh, what did I say my fake score was? 28-6 came out as well there. That's just to rattle somebody's cage who listens to the podcast once in a while. But, uh, yeah, okay. Well, there you go. We got our predictions. We're both rolling in at the same clip here this this year, regardless of uh, what the numbers are. Uh, What do we got on the agenda? Valentine's Day this week. Valentine's Day tomorrow. Anything special planned there, Katie? No, I uh, I actually pushed Valentine's Day to Friday. There's a big Leaf game tomorrow night that I will be watching. So uh, what kind Columbus of a move town, is that? Just uh, said it would work out better for the plans if you know just have an off night, no work on the Saturday. Wow, uh, that is so ruthless. It is. Uh, yeah, there's some alternative you know methods to that madness. Is that going over well, or is that just the way it is? Like what, like. It's it's going it's going over. I mean, <laughs> all right, and it just buys me a couple more days, really, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, Sounds I can terrible. say there's there's no Penguin game tomorrow night, so I didn't have to worry about rescheduling Valentine's Day <laughs> in, in my world. So that's good. A little dinner planned on my side, and uh, yeah, that's about it. There you go. Yeah, I mean, fine with fine with not really having valentine's day personally <laughs> like you should be with the person yeah. every day or exactly or yeah. whatnot why don't you need a day to express this but anyways that's for another conversation <laughs> <laughs> one that usually doesn't end well right no exactly. every day is valentine's day sweetheart exactly. why do we need to go out one day all right okay well that'll about wrap things up uh just a reminder 705 start time saturday night georgia swarm uh, hosting the Toronto Rock, the Rock looking to make it two in a row and keep things rolling and, and really kind of almost, you know, you don't want to say bury the swarm, obviously, early in the season, and especially a team that's coming off a championship, but will certainly go a long way towards, uh, you know, obviously getting closer to having a tiebreaker against the swarm and, and all those kinds of things. So uh, I guess that'll be to do it. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody as they're listening to this. And uh we didn't plug tickets. That's the last thing we got to do. Tickets. Yep. March third. March third. We got uh, that's the next home game. It's going to be a rematch of you know what we're going to see this weekend. So we we've teed up you know the opportunity that there's going to be for some players here and Georgia still the defending champs. Uh, so some great great things going on. Uh, that's going to be a big night. We got Backley Construction down that night. Uh, last chance to get your four play pack, which is a, a screaming deal. 110 bucks to get to see. You know, in the building for the remaining four games, you get a platinum guaranteed one platinum ticket, which is valued at $72 right there. So you can't go wrong with that deal. Obviously, still the six ticket flex pack available on package, uh, available as a package, sorry, uh, using any combination, you know, six tickets to one game, one ticket to six games, whatever you want to do. Uh, call us directly at 416 596 3075 torontorock.com slash tickets or just hop on the website as well talk to a ticket rep and uh, we'll be more than happy to help get you out there we still have plenty of time to sell that game so no reason why you're not down there why you're not bringing a buddy down there it's a saturday night it's going to be the first home game in a while it's going to be a good you know good atmosphere down there a big eastern uh, division game so no reason not to attend and my little uh my little ticket nugget there like you mentioned the four play pack the minimum value of the four-play pack is $165, and you're paying 110 bucks. Not only are you getting the one seat in the Platinum's guaranteed, we choose your seats for those four games, but uh, a minimum value of $165. Yeah, it's a steal. I can't believe – I mean, it's the best pack I think we have in terms of 
from a dollar perspective from value and yeah uh, there's no reason not to you know attend it obviously we want you to attend all the games but you know purchase that even if you miss a game you're still getting your full value yeah on that and uh you know with the you know the games are kind of spread out here over the the rest of the season the home games anyways one back-to-back weekend then you got lots of time in between so lock it in those last four games four play pack give kd a call he will set you up real nice 416-596-3075. 416-596-3075. All right, so that'll be wrap it up uh, for today's show. In the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying we'll chat next week.